Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fould. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, ways to relax and heal even under the current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Cal Forster. And Cal is a doctorate student in the chiropractic program at Northeastern, Northeast College. I think I got that right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Of yes. Health Science. Northeast College of Health Science. Is that the right title? Correct. Well, Cal, welcome. It's nice to, have, nice to have someone with your youth and enthusiasm on. Um, and you are, are you, and I was going to ask you something else, but we'll start with what year in, in this practice are you in? How, how much more studying do you have to do? Yeah, so uh, the program essentially could be uh, five years, but you can do an accelerated version of that in about three and a half years. Uh, the way they break it up is they divide it into 10 trimesters um, throughout the year. So there's a uh, fall trimester, a winter, and a summer trimester. So I'm right now in my summer trimester and my sixth try, six of 10. Uh, what's nice is eight, nine, and 10 is the clinical aspect of it when you start really treating patients um, and going into your clinic. So um, I'm getting close to that eighth try in that clinic. So a couple more years of true didactic learning. That's wonderful. Well, now, as I said to you earlier, I think we need to say to people, for some who may not know, what is chiropractic in a simple definition, if possible? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you break down just the word chiropractic, chiro means hands and practic means practice. So essentially it's hand practice. Um, and we all well know it's a very hands-on profession. Um, I think it's very great that we have opportunities to provide um, a very conservative care. Uh, I like to think of chiropractic as a primary healthcare practitioner. Um, so of course, as a society, we're known as spine specialists, but for very good reasons, um, because through traumatic events throughout your life, um, different postures, uh, we live in a very sitting environment, um, we can begin to create more mobilization in the joints and with proper structure comes proper function. And with proper function, that will give the, your body an opportunity to essentially heal itself. So we want to give it that freedom to begin to heal itself. Um, and uh, I think it's one of the most um, conservative, as I said, conservative uh, treatments that we can provide. And you can always go um, to a more crisis type of treatment from there. Okay, well, that's interesting. And certainly during this last two and a half years with COVID, we have been more sitting and more Zooming and less walking and less standing. Which equals more patience. <laughs> so I know, but the audience doesn't know that you come from a family that is of chiropractic. Tell us a little bit about that. And is that why you're, you're, you're taking the study now? Yes, absolutely. So um, I am a third, well, I'm about to be a third generation chiropractor. Um, when my grandfather, Dr. Arnold Forster, came into the profession, um, let's just say many people didn't even know that it existed as a profession. So it has come a long way where I, uh, it's definitely a household name. 
Um, so he was one of the innovators, a lot of the founding fathers for a lot of techniques like applied kinesiology, um, now also known as clinical kinesiology. My grandfather was on the, the ground floors of that. Um, he great, created a great practice in the New York City area, the Brooklyn area. Um, and then my father, Dr. James Forrester, um, he definitely took the next step and uh, he expanded. He has four to five offices, many uh, partner and associates, all alumni of Northeast College of Health Sciences, which was previously known as New York Chiropractic, uh, New York Chiropractic College, which a lot of adults may be more familiar with. And he also uh, recently um, expanded by um, purchasing or being an employee of the NutraWest New York dis distributorship. Um, so it's a supplementation company, which nutrition and chiropractic are very correlated. And uh, now, as you said, it, I felt like it was my purpose in this life to follow in their footsteps. It runs my blood at this point. And I plan on taking the next step. And uh, you never really know where life's going to take in the profession. But I mean, I, it's just something deep down in my soul just feels right. And I just wake up and I'm, I'm blessed that I get to call this my career, where it really just feels like more of my purpose in this life. And well, uh, it's, it's wonderful when you can combine those, the career and your purpose in life. That's when things, when, then that doesn't seem much like a job. It seems like you're supposed to be doing it. Do you, have you been under chiropractic care since you were very small? Yes. Um, actually, my first adjustment, I was just minutes old out of uh, right from birth. Uh, I, I get the numbers wrong, but roughly between eight to 10 minutes on this earth, I got my first, <laughs> I got adjusted. And ever since then, I've been getting adjusted uh, at longest is a month a month, um, but usually once a week at this point uh, throughout my life. So, And for um, someone who doesn't know, what is an adjustment? I mean, and particularly, what is it for a baby? And what is it for a teenager, let's say? Absolutely. So uh, for a lot of people who are very into social media, um, sometimes it can almost get like a bad rep because people think of it or hear it as um, cracking your back or cracking your neck. Um, there is a, it's known as a cavitation. So you do hear a, a relief of air that creates that crack noise, but essentially is your spine in certain areas of your spine, it becomes very restricted where the, in between the vertebrae, um, it becomes almost like adhesed and connected. So it has that restriction of that movement. So by creating an adjustment, uh, you are kind of freeing up that restriction. And now your spine can now move a little more freely. Right. Um, and due to that, it allows nerves and blood flow. And uh, there's a thing called cerebral spinal fluid to now flow in that area, which will now create that relief for that patient. Now, you don't have to do, let's use a cracking. I mean, there are, are techniques, I imagine, from what I've experienced myself and, and know about that are very small touches that helped to open up. What, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, um, what most people know is called the healing power of touch. And there's uh, even a McKenzie technique. So essentially what you're referring to is uh, depending how acute the pain is for the patient, let's say at, from zero, no pain and 10, they can barely move out of their bed. You can apply more and more um, aggressive treatment, right? 
So you can start off by just palpating, which is just touching the patient. You can move on to just mobilizing the area, just bringing them through ranges of motion. Then you can start pressing and applying a little bit of soft tissue work. And then from there, you can maybe give a little bit of adjustment, just a feel. Um, but at any point, if a patient feels like it's causing them more pain, we revert back to a more um, softer uh, approach to it. Um, it's not a one, one size fit all where no matter what, you're going to turn the neck to the right type of thing. It's, it's a progression depending on the ease of the patient right. and uh, what, is uh, what is needed at that time in their care. Can you talk about how you know what is needed? In other words, you see a patient and each patient is different. Every body is different. I mean, we have the basic, you know, things, bones and stuff, but they're all put together a little differently. How do you tell what a patient might need besides just pushing it and see if it hurts? Yes. So uh, funny enough, I would say, I mean, there's, you can't really put a true percentage of it, but let's just say 90% comes from a patient's history. That's why being, being a great listener and that first five to 10 minutes of an appointment where you get to know what's going on, the patient, their history, their family history, what medications they're on, what they're dealing with past surgeries, um, health issues will say a lot. I mean, the a sex will give you more prevalence. The race will give you more prevalence. Are they a baby, a teenager or geriatrics will tell you a lot. So you kind of put it all together. And then the other part, it just, it's, it's just clinical wisdom. It comes with time. We're going to make mistakes as we go along, but you start to see patterns when people come in with certain presentations and you see what worked in the past and what didn't work. And you, and, and you move around. It's no perfect formula. Otherwise, every doctor would do everything perfectly. And that's just not the case. Uh, that's why as scientific as it is, there's also a philosophy and there's an art to it as well. So it's a combination of always trying to be a permanent student throughout life and always learning and clinical experience and being adaptable. Uh, and then as I first started, the history, history, history is very crucial. And what part of that or all of that do you like? What do you relate to that, that, that said to you, okay, it's my family business, but maybe I want to be in real estate. But you said, no, I want to do this. What is it about doing this that, you re that really gets you in, in knowing you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? That's a great question. I think what really I find so fascinating is we're learning all about this, but we're learning about our own self. So I'm... I'm just trying to understand what's going on inside my body right now. And I just find that so cool and interesting that we walk around and we, you know, we're walking, we're thinking, we're eating, we're sleeping, but what, what's going on inside that gives us that capability of doing everything we do. And then on the other hand, being a healthcare practitioner, when we're sick, why did we get sick? We got a stuffy nose. I mean, the body doesn't make mistakes. There's a reasoning why we got a stuffy nose or as serious as why we got cancer. I don't think it's, you woke up one day and all of a sudden, you know, you got a bad hand that day on August 30th, you got cancer. No, there was something that progressed inside the body. And the better we can understand that, the better maybe, maybe we can prevent future ailments or teach the body to relearn what it used to do. And I just find the way it interacts throughout all the organs, muscles, brain tissue, nerves, it's just, 
an endless puzzle and I just want to be uh, a detective in all of it and try to find the root cause. It sounds like your enthusiasm is, will take you there. You will, you, you, you love what you're doing. To what degree or how, how would you describe nutrition and chiropractic? Obviously, nutrition for all of us is important. How is it related to chiropractic? Yes, definitely. So chiropractic um, is very structural and for very good reasons. Um, as we alluded to before, whether it's your muscles, you strain, sprain, a ligament, um, tightness, uh, put, um, you know, maybe you got in a car accident, right? But at the same time, your structure aff affects your organs and your functioning and vice versa. So when your organs are always working and always processing, and when your organs are straining, that will put a toll on your muscles and your spine. So if you just do everything physiologically or nutritionally and nothing structurally, that's only half the battle. And if you only focus on the structural components, like the muscles and bones, but not the physiological component, like your organs, then that's only half of it. So I think they're very uh, directly interrelated and you have to combine both to really optimize uh, full health and for certain issues that patients or certain reports that patients come in with to not have a reoccurrence of this issue because you didn't address the other side of it. Right, right. And then there are a lot of other fascinating uh, care types like acupuncture. And that seems to do things like relieving pressures and so forth. How do you understand that in, in relationship to chiropractic? Oh, I mean, there I have very much intentions of um, working directly with a lot of acupunctures. Uh, there's only so much any per one profession can do. And I'm not here to say that nutrition or chiropractic or uh, applied kinesiology or any of that is a um, is the only profession you need for your health. It's very important for acupuncture or massage therapy um, to be incorporated with your practice. Uh, so it's one of those things where maybe you should see your chiropractor one week and the next week you should work with your acupuncturist. And then I'll speak to that acupuncturist and see what they're doing. Um, we fall under a lot of the same styles like uh, acupuncture points I do with my hands and they do with needles. Uh, and then there's meridians and it can go into a whole different landscape of Eastern medicine, uh, which I'm quite bound for, uh, but I'm not going to be using needles in my practice. So they bring something that I don't bring. And um, I'm not here to keep my patients all to myself. We're here to all work together to give the patient the best treatment, and the best opportunity to optimize their health. Well, obviously, and there's an, a wonderful opportunity to share, to have many different practices. If, if I want to have full health from my eating to my use of the different modalities that are out there, it's important to, to combine them, definitely. Now, you mentioned the word applied kinesiology, and I find that very fascinating. I do know about it, but let's talk about it. What is applied kinesiology? What is kinesiology? Yes, uh, so kinesiology um, is pretty much the study of movement. Applied kinesiology is slightly different to that. Um, just to give a little background, um, 
I want to thank Northeast College of Health Sciences for allowing me to be the president of the Applied Kinesiology Club. And I would love to thank my grandfather for being one of the founders for Applied Kinesiology. So I'm very grateful and thankful for that. And obviously my father utilizing it in his practice for over three decades of it and having lots of success. So what Applied Kinesiology means is that the way I like to think of it is, let's just say, Tom, you spoke Spanish and you were my patient and I spoke English and we couldn't understand each other. Right. What, we would need some kind of translator in between to help us communicate, doctor to patient, right? A translator. Mm -hmm. I would like to think of applied kinesiology as that translator is I'm trying to understand what's going on inside your body. And as a patient, your, your body is trying to tell me what's going on, but we need a translator. I like to think of ache applied kinesiology as that translator. So there are lots of techniques known as muscle testing that, and therapy localizing, which is difficult to do over Zoom. This is something where it's a little bit more in person or a session in itself, but it, would, it essentially allows me to know what's going on inside your body without having to open you up and look inside your body which makes it such a beautiful diagnostic technique and treatment te technique. Right. Now, my memory of having this done to me sometime, long time ago, was the chiropractor that I was with put, get, put something in my hand, put actually a bottle of some kind of, of uh, supplement or, or, you know, herb, and then could see whether he could press my arm down or not. And if it did, that meant... One thing, if it didn't, obviously I'm strong. Is that, I mean, beyond that, how are we, is that a good example of it or? Yeah, it's a great example. Um, the analogy I like to give to help people understand it, because sometimes people think, oh, well, maybe the doctor's pushing your arm harder or maybe your arm's tired. Like how could holding a bottle dictate if your arm holds strong or gets weak? Right. So the way I like to explain it, by the way, that's called the bottle being close to your body is known as being in its field. Mm. But the, the way I like to explain it to a patient or anyone who has interest in it is um, in the military, when it's dark to see their enemy, they have to put goggles on. And these goggles allow you to see heat coming off your enemy. And that's how you know where your enemy is. Otherwise, it's pitch black. If you can't use your regular eyes to see where your enemy is. Right. Right. So we at all times of the day, even though we don't see it with the naked eye, there is thermal energy radiation coming off our body. So even though we can't see with the naked eye, when you put that bottle near your body, it's now in that rate, uh, in that energy heat radiation coming off your body. So that's how you know that the body is registering the bottle. Right. And, and once you do that, now you can test to see if that bottle is good for you. So essentially, it's very similar to knowing if you ate it, would it be good in, inside your body or not good without you actually having to eat it? Having to eat it. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So there's so many aspects. I mean, this is, I, I would think it would take 10 years to learn to do this. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of, of understanding. And you, you have a, maybe an advantage of sorts that you were brought up with it and maybe learn some things automatic or, you know, by osmosis almost but it's a tremendous amount of work. I mean, uh, you said 10 years, I'll say 10 hundred years. Uh, it never ends because um, what's fascinating about applied kinesiology is 
you can get into an emotional, psychological aspect of applied kinesiology. You can go more in nutritional. You could go musculoskeletal. You could do gait analysis. You could do reflexologies and mapping of the body, uh, meridians, acupuncture points, season of the year. There's so many different, let's say, it's like saying music. Okay, music, but then there's different genres of music, rap, rock, reggae. So it just never really ends. It's just a huge umbrella uh, that everyone kind of like branches into. So the learning is just quite, quite endless. But yes, you're correct. I got applied kinesiology done throughout my life. So I just know clinically what it is on the floor. But now I'm really starting to get into the textbook and the didactic version of applied kinesiology and actually understanding what my father and other practitioners have been doing to me throughout my entire life. Right, right. So now this is going by, this is fascinating. I'm, I thank you. This is going by very quickly. We're almost out of time. But what is your hope for yourself? I mean, if you're a chiropractor, that, that doesn't quite tell me the answer, but what is it you're looking to do when you graduate? Well, to tell you the truth, Tom, I am getting my doctorate in chiropractic, but I don't want to just consider myself a chiropractor. Okay. A popular belief. I want to be considered a primary healthcare practitioner. And part of that is, that's also why I'm also taking a master's in applied cl clinical nutrition at, the, at this time as well. So I'm doing a dual program and I plan on getting a lot more degrees after this. And I believe that chiropractic is just one, chiropractic adjustment is just one tool in my toolbox. I just, I believe nutrition is one tool in my toolbox. And I want to learn as much as I can about how to approach a healing process for a patient. I want to be able to give my knowledge to future people by writing books, hopefully have my own health, health podcast like you. I want to hit as many people as I can and touch as many lives as I can um, throughout my life. And that means seeing patients in the office, doing seminars to other doctors and so forth. Um, and so I, I want to say it's pretty endless. And I don't want to stop at giving an adjustment or just giving nutritional advice on, on not to eat processed food and sugar. Um, I'm right. just so open to where holistic healthcare approach will take me. And uh, it's pretty limitless, the more I realized. Well, that's quite an ambitious to be a primary care physician, with, uh, you know, starting at chiropractic and going on and on is quite an ambitious plan. And I wish you the very best of luck. I think it, I think it'd be wonderful if if all the, the the primary care physicians had that talent with all of these things. That would be a delight. So listen, we are coming to an end. I want us to keep going, but we have to stop. So the question I have for you now is if somebody else is listening to this is as fascinated as I am and would like to learn more, maybe get in contact with you or, or learn how to go to school or whatever, how would they do that? What can they, how can they reach out to you? Yes, uh, there, there's a few ways. Um... I would say that you can always email me, um, which is essentially my last name, first name at gmail.com. So it's Forster, F-O-R-S-T-E-R, Cal, C-A-L, at gmail.com. Um, I'm a huge component for any uh, healthcare practitioners on LinkedIn, uh, Cal Forster, essentially, C-A-L space F-O-R-S-T-E-R. Okay. And um, my one website I would uh, recommend is NutraWestNewYork.com. 
um, which you can see on my screen, which is N-U-T-R-I-W-E-S-T, newyork.com. And is that's that with a hyphen there? Uh, no hyphen on the website. He says, we'll do just Nutra West, one word. Nutra West, New York, NY. New York, NY? Yep, NY. So NutraWestNY.com. And on Forster Cal, there's no dot or anything in between. Nope. Last name, first name at gmail.com. Okay. Well, that is wonderful, Cal. I really thank you. And for those of us who are waiting for you to become a, a, begin with your chiropractic and hands-on, how long do we have to wait? When are you, when are you hoping to begin to start? I mean, I know you're going to work yes. in, in practice, so to speak, but when, are we, when do you think you'll get into your own? Yes. So I officially graduate of December of 2023. So in the beginning of December. And so you can think of it as the new year, January of 2024. Um, okay. I'm going to be off and running and I'll be spending a lifetime doing that. And, and where do you hope to practice? So I, uh, I plan to practice in my uh, father's offices. So he has four in New York City, Brooklyn, and Long Island area. Um, so I will definitely be going, uh, starting off in New York City and living in New York City. And um, from there, I plan on expanding with associates and offices. And let's see, uh, let's see how big we can make Forcer Healthcare and Forcer Chiropractic uh, throughout the nation and potentially worldwide. Well, Cal, it'll be wonderful to watch you. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your information and your enthusiasm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate you having me on today. You're quite welcome.